Well done. Here come the test results. You are a horrible person. That's what it says. A horrible person. We weren't even testing for that. Welcome to the Geek Generation, episode 39. I am joined once again by Brian Lipsitz uh, for take two of episode 39, actually. Um, I owe a ginormous apology to two people who joined me yesterday, if people saw on Twitter or the Facebook page. I fucked up. I'm not going to sugarcoat it in any way whatsoever. Basically, I had uh, Anna Zifkak, a former co-host, come in to join me. And uh, G1, who is a huge fan of the show, drove almost two hours to be here to express his opinions on the uh, DC news we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show today. And I totally screwed up with the audio program. I'm pretty much done using Audacity because it's been pissing me off for a while now. I don't like the way it saves sound formats, but I'm going to move on. And uh, if anything, I mean, it wasn't a total loss thing. And G1 can say he feels special as a fan because now he's one of the three people who's heard the lost episode, more or less. <laughs> but um, it, it was a learning experience, for one. We learned a lot of things about the hardware that we're using in studio and everything. And I learned that I really like doing in-studio recording. It totally was a different vibe. It's nice being able to see the people that I'm talking to. Although it kind of creeped me out that they were like staring at me while I'm reading articles and stuff. And I messed up. (laughs) I totally messed up my reading more than I normally do. So um, there is a lost episode of The Geek Generation that no one will ever hear. But the three of us have heard it. It was fantastic. And uh, I apologize so much to those two because they took a large portion out of their day to be here, and I totally screwed it up. They are now honorary uh, super, super, super fans of the Geek Generation and are in a Hall of Fame now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm inducting them just out of pure <laughs> I messed upness. But um, it, yeah, it, it was a great episode. It's gone. I, there's, I can't. I mean, I could continue apologizing, but no one wants to hear that for like an hour and a half. So we might as well just move on. Um, we are going to do some in-studio recording in the future again and hopefully make it to the point where we are taking your calls live and streaming live and all that stuff, which would be absolutely phenomenal. It's This show will continue to evolve, as we've said, from the beginning. And it evolves more and more each week. But uh, Brian is here with me again. How are you, Brian? I'm um, Good. Good. <laughs> I, was uh, like, I don't know. What's, uh, I guess I'm good. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. Before we get into uh, all the geekouts and freakouts and whatnot, I do have a new contest up on the site that I just want to announce real quick. This time it is a Rise Against T-shirt donation and signed album giveaway. Help is on the way. Rise Against are donating 50 T-shirts to the Los Angeles Youth Network in your name. Winners will have a T-shirt donated in their name. 
and will also receive a signed copy of Endgame and a t-shirt for themselves. Rise Against's new album, Endgame, is out now. The band will be playing with Rage Against the Machine and Muse at LA Rising on July 30th, and will be touring with Foo Fighters in September. To see where the tour stops near you, visit riseagainst.com for dates and more news on the band. If you want to go to thegeekgeneration.com, there's also a picture in the sidebar for the contest that you can go and subscribe there. So a little bit of a different contest this time. You're getting something, but there's also things being donated in your name. So there's a little bit of a charity element here. I totally dug that. So new contests are always good. The uh, second thing on here is we hit a bit of a milestone on the site. And that was our 1,000th post, which I was very excited to <laughs> clapping in the background. Um, <laughs> 1,000 posts on the site is a big deal, I think. So I was very happy to hit it. I didn't even notice it till I was at uh, like 999 posts. I'm like, holy crap, I should celebrate this with the actual 1,000th post, recognizing the 1,000th post. So milestone on the site. Always like those. Keeps me motivated. Love it. Very cool. So, uh, geek outs this week, Brian. What are you geeking out over? Yay! Um, we're not going to probably discuss too much this week, but uh, I did indeed see X-Men First Class on Friday night, and I was uh, very skeptical of this movie, as we talked about in the past, and uh, I was not literally looking forward to it, and the word of mouth came around that it was really, really good, and I was still kind of like, I, I don't know, we'll see. But uh, the the truth the truth is out there, and uh, yeah, it, it's pretty damn awesome and uh, i saw it and loved it and uh the audience i saw it with kind of helped because they were like so into it and uh at certain points they were just it was amazing it was amazing experience and it was just it was a great great movie and uh that's i'll leave it at that for now so yeah i was geeking out of that myself i thought it was a great movie the best of the x-men movies but again like you said i'm not going to get into it too much right now because Hopefully next week we'll be doing a spoiler room discussion of X-Men First Class because yeah. there's a lot of stuff to talk about that was very cool and we don't want to yeah. ruin it all now, but exactly. absolutely, absolutely check it out. Definitely, definitely. It's uh, Just to quickly, it's 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 a return to the old style, as I should say, of the X-Men movies like before X3, which I refused to believe it existed or happened. Um, Brian Singer made his return to the franchise as executive producer, and he co-wrote the story, and you can just tell that the, they're like the difference in it, and it's very reminiscent of X-Men 1 and 2, and there's lots of tie-ins to those two movies, kind of, and yeah, it's definitely my behind X2 as my second favorite X-Men movie now, so. Yeah. Awesome. It's good, good stuff. Um, my next geek out is uh, it's a big week for Blu-ray releases. Tomorrow, which I think a lot of people have been waiting for, uh, finally... All of the Superman movies, uh, including even the shitty ones, are going to be put on Blu-ray in the Superman Blu-ray anthology, um, which uh, looks fantastic. I heard the transfers are amazing, even for the older movies uh, and the shittier movies like 3 and 4, which never obviously even got remastered ever. And for the first time ever, it has the deleted scene from the the original beginning to Superman Returns, where uh, you see Superman going, trying to go back to to the remains of Krypton, or so he thinks, which is a big thing for fanboys, which no no one's ever seen it. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of pumped. I don't know when I'm going to get it yet, but uh, it's going to come out tomorrow. So if you're a fan of Superman movies and you don't have them, I don't know why you wouldn't, but or if you want to, if you have a Blu-ray player and you want to see some really cool shit, uh, definitely check that out. Also, uh, Green Lantern Emerald Knights comes out tomorrow, which is that anthology DC animated movie with Nathan Fillion as Hal Jordan, and it even has Rowdy Roddy Piper as um, (laughs) a voice as one of the Green Lanterns. I forget which one, but uh, it's it's looks the reviews are supposedly pretty good. 
good. Jeff Johns wrote one of the stories. Um, a lot of the comic book writers had input into the stories, so it looks like it's going to be great as well. So, uh, And lastly, for the wrestling fans out there, um, the best of WCW Nitro, a three-pack, uh, comes out, hosted by Diamond Dallas Page of WCW fame, and uh, it's pretty much got the best that WCW had to offer. And yes, there were some shitty parts of WCW, but it's got some good stuff there as well. So Nice. And uh, finally, for my geek out, this is sort of a geek out slash freak out. Uh, of course, the DC announcement kind of is a geek out in that it was major enough for everyone to take notice and sort of spun the comic world on its access, mm-hmm. but it's not exactly an awesome geek out, so it's kind of just in there. So, All right. Those are my geek outs. Very, very cool. I'm geeking out over a few different things, uh, one of which was mentioned on the last episode, but I want to bring it out here. We get emails from some very consistent people on the show, one being G1, one being superfan Chris Tong, and G1 informed me that they are now Facebook friends. So our fans are joining forces on the <laughs> internet. They're very finding cool. each other and teaming up, and uh, I told them they should start like a fan site and all that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> But I loved yes. hearing that. I just thought that was super cool. I geeked out. Very nice. Uh, the next one for me was X-Men First Class, but I'm not going to go into that again because we already talked about that. Yeah. The last one I felt a little pervy going into, but I'm Uh-oh. geeking out over Blake Gate. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I'm totally right, dude, geeking I, out I over agree. Blake Gate. And for people that aren't familiar with this, this oh, is um, the nude Blake Lively pics that leaked on the internet. Basically, all these pictures came out of a girl that looks a lot like her taken from a cell phone camera i don't know how you could claim it's not her because she has a very unique look to begin with and her publicist yeah yeah, her publicist is claiming that it's totally not her but then a second set of pics come out and she has totally her oh yeah she has these markings all over her that depict the exact same tattoos she had while filming the town so yeah it's it's gotta be her there's no way it's it's not and i think it's trying to do damage control absolutely damage control like um, what was the dis? Who's the girl from the Disney movie that leaked the nude photos? Vanessa Hudgensons a couple years oh, ago. Oh yeah, yeah. And her publicist was like, "Oh, that's not her." And then I'm like, after it all blew over, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, that was her." And, I just think know, it's hysterical just- how much people are looking into this to prove that they're real. They want it to be real so badly <laughs> that they were looking at the toothbrush that you could see and reflected in the mirror, and then they oh, found another God. like paparazzi photo where she's at the store buying the same toothbrush. It's so funny. <laughs> how people are getting into it. They were comparing, like, the cell phone she has and the case that's on it, like, in the pictures with ones that she normally uses. It's hysterical. And I... I and... Not not only is it funny, but she's hot, so <laughs> it well, just and, works and, and on so many and, levels. Hey, you shouldn't be the pervy one because let's let's be honest. I'm the one who sent you the links. So. It's very true, very true. <laughs> I, I was I was excited about it, um, but I do think this is probably the most brilliant piece of marketing that the Green Lantern movie could have ever thought of because we were complaining for so long about them like catching up with special effects and everything, and this just takes yeah. the cake. Really, yeah, no this, other movie this, is going to get more attention than this. No, this, this, sadly she will have clothes on in the movie. But <laughs> <laughs> well, if she if she continues her role and moves as <laughs> uh, star, uh, Sapphire, star Sapphire, yeah, Star yeah. Sapphire in the sequel, then she won't have that much on anyway. So <laughs> she will. She will have like a slight purple. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's true. And uh, and well, let's be honest. I mean, come on. Do you remember Comic Con last year? What she was wearing? Like, oh she's my not exactly- god. <laughs> So again, that's why I was like, you know, I don't I wouldn't put it past her for this to be her. So phenomenal, uh, just phenomenal. Anyways. I've never been a bigger <laughs> fan of hers. Congratulations! Another round of applause in the background. Yeah, go Blake Lively. Those are my only geek outs. Sweet. So, uh, what um, are you freaking out over this week, Brian? 
Oh, freak out! Uh, I only have one freak out, which is the DC reboot, which we will get to uh, later in the show. But uh, other than that, it's been a slow week for freak outs. There probably are others, but I just don't remember what they are, so I suck. <laughs> nah, that's all right. I have a couple, so I'll make up for it. One of which is the fact that the freaking YouTube channel is down. Is it really? Yeah, our YouTube channel, the Geek Generation YouTube channel, has been terminated by YouTube. Why? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I like how you just started laughing hysterically. Okay, um, explain. Uh, it was uh, the, our third offense for copyright uh. infringement. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I, I don't know what it is about me and copyright infringement. Apparently, I have this running thing against me. I also have a t-shirt store out there. And I've gotten, like, notices from Chuck Norris's lawyer and Dane Cook's lawyer, like, cease and desist Seriously? letters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People, really? People love coming down on me. Oh, no, the That's Chuck Norris dude. one was hysterical because... Dude, I would have framed those and put them on my, put them on my wall. I have them in email. I still have them. That's They're fantastic. fantastic. The one from Dane Cook's lawyer, I had no issues with him for a while because he didn't have a store. But as soon as he launched his own merchandise store, they came after me because I had a bunch of parody shirts based on his material. Um, the Chuck Norris one, I had a shirt that says Chuck rules and on the back, it's just Chuck Norris facts. And they gave me a cease and desist, but they wanted like my full inventory and how much money I'd made and stuff. And I'm like, okay, uh, it's a print on demand service. So I have no inventory and I've made about $20 so far. You want to continue with this or they obviously decided I wasn't worth their time and moved on. But, but the shirt was still taken down. Yeah. But I, I don't know what it is with me and copyright infringement. It's just been so. What, but what, on YouTube, though, I mean, okay. Well, think this was our third offense. We have we had one um, because I had a bunch of Team Coco things up. I got okay. a cease and desist from Konako. That was strike one. I got a strike two from Disney, and I don't even remember what for. <laughs> and you, I know, right? Disney is just bad. And the third one was Isaiah Mustafa. Oh, for that for the Luke Cage thing. Yep, and the source wow. that I got the video from. Uh, was taken down too apparently and when i i am guilty of these videos mainly because i get them from youtube and i put them back on youtube and i think that's safe and apparently it's not it was just like delayed action on that one no one is safe from the from the litigation (laughs) (laughs) so the youtube channel's down right now it was the third strike all the videos appear to be working still, so that's not a problem right now. I don't know if they're going to continue to work for much longer, but I've already started switching stuff over on the site to find like identical videos that weren't posted by me. Yeah. And I will launch another YouTube channel. I still have my personal one. I had two anyway. But another email address means another YouTube channel. So I'm going to let it breathe. I'm going to let it breathe for a little bit. And then just so they're not looking for the domain name in the system <laughs> and I'll get another, we'll rise like the Phoenix and we'll, we'll have the YouTube channel back up and running very soon. I do want to get it going before New York comic con because next time I'm there, I plan on having a video guy with me. So not only will I present the interviews here on the show, but I'll also be able to post them on the site in video format so people can actually watch the interviews online, which very cool. I would love to do. And that would be great. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, my second freak out is something that was on the site as well. And apparently I was talking with Brian about, uh, about this beforehand and I was surprised that more sites hadn't given it more attention. The green lantern ring on Hal Jordan's hand on the cover of justice league. Number one is missing. And this caused a major freak out because people thought since so many things were being rebooted and revamped that maybe 
Green Lantern didn't need his ring anymore to use his powers because that's a huge hiccup is to leave yeah. the Green Lantern ring out. And what happened, I guess, is uh, Jim Lee was being hit up on Twitter because he's the person that drew the cover for Justice League number one. And everyone was saying, Jim, what happened? Uh, the, the ring's gone. Is this a legit thing? Does he not have the ring anymore? Did you forget it? And I guess what happened is uh, Jim at first thought Maybe he didn't put it in. It slipped his mind. Mm -hmm. But then he tweeted out a penciled picture of the cover drawn, which was just cool to see anyway. And the ring was there. So Scott Williams, the guy who inked the cover, must have colored right over the ring, which is a major faux pas. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny though. We were uh, kudos to you because honestly, no one, uh, as far as I know, no one ha had even tackled the story where they were just like oh yeah his ring's missing and like no one kind of and they were all flipping out but no one really like followed up on it so um as far as i know we're one of the few sites that actually reported what happened so go you because <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea i'm just like one of my friends was like dude didn't you read it's it, it's it's on it's on the geek generation i'm like what and I'm like oh oh it is okay then so yeah i i dropped the ball yeah somewhere. brian I, you should yeah, be up to date on every single article <laughs> i post damn it <laughs> I was uh, I was I was surprised, but uh, yeah, kudos to you. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a weird thing. It's like, how could they miss something like that when it goes? I mean, it's it was in the USA Today. It's like their big launch cover, and he doesn't have his ring on. It's like, and they've got a freaking movie coming out in, in like a month, and uh, and they don't have a ring on his fingers. So I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, it was it was funny, and Jim Lee made light of it and like cracked a joke and. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's fired. <laughs> no, I, it's <laughs> no, obviously not going to be that big a thing. But um, dude, that's like his. Uh, that's his uh, long time inker since like he broke into the business. He won't be. He's not going to get fired. Yeah, yeah. They're like close friends. Yeah. But yeah, I understand what you mean. It was a big major deal. Uh, that's my only other freak out this week. But we do have a bunch of web finds for you this week. So let's get into those. Johnny bit me. Had your kids. Had your wife. Double rainbow all the way. Is this real life? Johnny, that really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so you can run and tell that. Okay, so I have I think five different web finds this week. The first one, I'm not sure if you if you've seen any of these really, but uh, the first one is something called the Bodyguard. Familiar at all? Nope. Okay. The bodyguard is a crime-fighting armored glove that was invented, and it is equipped with a high-voltage stunner, a video camera, a laser pointer, and a flashlight. The breathable glove weighs less than three pounds and is encased by a hard shell that extends across the forearm. A pull pin preps the stunner, and a button at the palm activates it. Similar buttons trigger the laser pointer, video camera, and flashlight. The components are arranged for ease of use, comfort, and to prevent users from stunning themselves. The green laser pointer helps aim a high-definition video camera because a suspect who knows he's on camera is more likely to cooperate. If the camera doesn't do the trick, the wrist-mounted stunner might. It looks and sounds painful when electricity sizzles between its electrodes, which may encourage an attacker to back off. As a last resort, it may be used to briefly incapacitate a particularly stubborn subject. And this is a legit invention. It's not just something someone threw together. This is being sent off in like testing phases to law enforcement and military and things like that. I geeked out over it a little bit because it looks like a Batman glove. It's all black. It has like the the hard shell is like a looks very similar to the Batman Begins like Kevlar type suit 
material mm-hmm. and it has like the full glove and everything. It's actually really cool and is meant to be a deterrent and something you wouldn't necessarily drop. So someone can't disarm you with this. You have it. And it, it looks really cool. But the funniest thing about it is that the major investor is Kevin Costner. What? Yeah. The major <laughs> investor like, like, in this device is Kevin Costner. The guy who invented it is someone who's kind of in Hollywood anyway. I think he works in like self-defense and things like that. But the, the joke of it being called the bodyguard and Kevin Costner's the major investor, that's just... It writes itself right there. Sweet. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was why it was called the bodyguard. The <laughs> yeah, the second one here is a live-action portal performance by Ninja of the Night at Faname. Did you see this at all? Nope. Okay. <laughs> it's a very cool uh, portal representation, but it's a bunch of people on a stage kind of doing like a live-action portal thing. They have the actual portals. At first, I couldn't tell, and I thought they were using mirrors. But then as soon as you see the other person, they're using a body double to kind of make it look like she's moving through the portals and everything. They have Sound of GLaDOS. They have a companion cube drop in there. The audience's reactions to everything that pops up, all the little uh, fan favorite things from Portal, is really cool. It's a little clunky as far as the choreography goes. But you can tell that they put a lot of time and effort into it. And it's a really cool concept and just worth watching it on that level. Hmm. Interesting. Another thing here is a fan-created Half-Life trailer, which I'm guessing you haven't seen. I haven't seen anything, apparently. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I epically fan. Don't worry about it. Uh, I had shown the other two co-hosts all the stuff while they were here. They had seen some of it, but not all of it, so Mm -hmm. it's okay. I forgive you. Um, <laughs> the uh, I'm not I'm not up on my web uh, web stuff. Yeah, it's okay. I have news feeds just dumping this stuff at me all the time. So I try to pick the best, of the best. But we'll see. Uh, a fan created Half Life trailer done by a guy named James Benson. It took him six weeks to put this together. It's basically a trailer for the Half Life game. But the crazy part about it is that he has no assets. From the game itself. He made everything from scratch from the ground up as far as like the skeletons and the animation and all that stuff. And it looks a little shoddy, but it's actually fairly smooth animation. You just consider the amount of work that this guy did in a matter of six weeks, and it is uncanny. So clearly the guy has no job, and this is his way to try and get a job in animation. And kudos to him, because most people just sit on their asses and like do nothing. But he's like, okay, I'm going to do something productive, and that'll get me noticed because it's going to get all these hits if people like it. And hell yeah, good for him. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That I gotta, I definitely want to see that. That sounds cool. Yeah. Did you play Half Life at all? Uh, yes, yes. I don't know. If, I forget if I played Half Life two or not. It's been so long ago. I'm, I know I played the first one. I just don't remember if I played this. I think I believe I played both of them. Oh, okay. Um, the next one here is the Isaiah Mustafa Luke Cage video. I know it's what got the YouTube channel terminated, <laughs> but it was still really cool. <laughs> it was. It was. I, I I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. There's no secret that Isaiah Mustafa has been lobbying for the part of Luke Cage in the Luke Cage movie. The Luke Cage movie has been rumored about forever at this point. Oh, even this was like before. This was like even uh, I think maybe like even after like the first X Men movie, they're like, yeah, Luke Cage. And at that point, Luke Cage was even a popular character. And thankfully, thanks to uh, Brian Michael Bendis, he's been a, a huge character since like 2002 ish, but or three when they did, or actually four or five maybe. But whatever, uh, when they did New Avengers. But yeah, he he's ro- ro- rised. He's now a prominent character basically, and mm-hmm. before he wasn't. So it's it's 
it's it's interesting now that it's still going still. They still haven't made one. Yeah, but I think he looks really good for the part. He proved he can do a little yep. bit of the action stuff, and uh, I say give it to him. If he wants it that bad, he looks it already, so let's do it. <laughs> the problem is they always like like to have some sort of named actor, so they probably would have to put like either a villain. The problem is Luke Cage doesn't really have any villains. It's it, it's it's just a tough movie to do. Period. Without because the unless Marvel Studios does it, which I'm assuming they will, um, they're going to need to do like some sort of they're going to need to have some sort of named person in it. But uh, I, I don't know. It, I could definitely see it happening though. So we'll see. Yeah, time will tell. The last one I have here is another YouTube video called Thumbs Up for Rock and Roll. Have you seen this? It's it's been a huge hit lately. It's well over a million hits. I've heard of it, but I haven't had a chance to see it. But I actually do know what you're okay. talking about this time. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, this kid apparently just rode his bike for the first time. He's got his helmet on and stuff. And his dad asks him to give a speech. And the speech sounds a little bit something like this. I feel. I feel. Do you feel alive? I feel. I feel, I feel happy of myself. I feel happy of yourself too. What do you got? Any words of wisdom? What about for all the other kids trying to learn how to ride their bike? Can you say anything to them? Everybody, I know you can believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, you will know how to ride a bike. If you don't, you just keep practicing. You will get the hang of it. I know it. If you, if you keep practicing. You will get the hang of it, and then you can get better and better at it as you get, as you do it. Give me some thumbs up. Thumbs up, everybody. All right. For rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what possessed him to say rock and roll at the end, but it's great. It's fantastic. It's even funnier to watch him do it, but the the clip alone and his voice and everything was just so key. I feel happy of myself. I'm happy for yourself, too. (laughs) So good. But uh, I'll post links to all this stuff in the show notes so people can actually watch the videos and check out the the article on the bodyguard and all that stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break right now, and we'll be back with the listener emails and a whole bunch of news. Do you shop on Amazon.com? Would you like to support the Geek Generation while shopping on Amazon.com? Great, because you can do both without spending any additional money. All you need to do is visit www.thegeekgeneration.com and find the Amazon button on the front page. Click the button, do your normal shopping, and check out. You've spent no additional money, but you have earned us a commission. Please make this a regular part of your Amazon.com shopping routine. Hi, this is TNA Tara, and you're listening to the one and only The Geek Generation. I repeat, The Geek Generation. We are back, and we're going to go right into the listener emails. Last week, I asked everybody, what summer movie are you most looking forward to? And before I get into the actual responses, I did create a summer movie trailer preview on the site that basically goes through every movie that Brian and I talked about on the last episode and gives you all the trailers in one convenient, nice little article. So share that around because that is pretty much as easy a reference as you can get. 
that's that's how I, I yeah I sent it to a bunch of my friends. They're like, wow, that's cool, and no, it was actually helped me too because I like I said I hadn't seen a lot of them. So I'm like, okay, and I pretty much went down the line and watched them. So yeah, it was very cool. yeah. Just don't go down the line and hit play on all of them because then it just sounds terrible. I- <laughs> <laughs> all at once. This is a super super summer movie. <laughs> it's an ultra mashup of everything. <laughs> friends with robot benefits and <laughs> terrible terrible idea. Directed by Michael Bay. No, <laughs> <laughs> they're having sex and then they explode. <laughs> okay anyway uh what summer movie are you most looking forward to before i get into the responses do you want to give your answer brian um (laughs) probably have don't even have an answer um i guess at this point it's captain america still i think yeah it's it's fluctuating between captain america and green lantern but it's gotta i think it's really gonna be captain america cool i think it's gotta be well our first email comes in from mike volpe who says simply super eight Nice. Agree. Oh, I've, I've heard that from a lot of people, too. <laughs> yeah. We had talked about it being potentially the best movie that's mm-hmm. coming out this summer. I'm Obviously, we haven't seen it yet, but that's next week already. Or this week, this weekend. And uh, yes. I'm totally looking forward to it. It's not the one I'm looking forward to the most, but I'm totally looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be definitely a hands-on a good movie. I can't foresee it not being a good movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next one comes in over the Twitter, at Bear Devesa says... Transformers 3, and that's all you said, but Bredavessa, your 950s in the mail. He'll understand what that means. <laughs> he is a big, big Transformers fan, so it doesn't surprise me. I can't say I'm looking forward to Transformers 3, but we, we, we've had that discussion before, so I'll let it lie. Yes, yes, we have. Yeah, I'll let it lie. Um, the next one comes in from G1, who was here to actually give his answer last week and had written in any way, but I feel bad. Um, but I'm going to read it anyway. He did give us more information on those two TV shows he had mentioned last time. Oh, nice. The first one is Wilfred, which is a comedy that's going to be on FX. Elijah Wood's in it, and uh, he said the TV spots have him cracking up. Basically, the premise is Elijah Wood is this kind of suicidal guy. He just isn't finding much meaning in life anymore. And he has a new neighbor that moves in next door who has a dog. And to most people, the dog appears to be a normal dog. But to Elijah Wood's character, it's an Australian man in a very cheap dog suit. And he apparently is going to give him some life lessons, which is a very strange, odd premise. And uh, Jaron was mentioning, uh, G1 was mentioning that it is off an IFC contest winner or production or something like that. So huh. it's very interesting concept. I don't know if it's going to attract that much attention, but it might be worth looking into. Plus, you don't see Elijah Wood on TV that often. No, no, no. He's He kind of went directly into movies, and it looks like he's back for a brief stay, hopefully, or maybe longer. Who knows? Maybe. The other one was Alphas, which was a sci-fi show, and this one actually looks really cool. He says it looks like a TV adaptation of Alpha Flight, which is like government-sponsored superheroes. I'm hoping it's better than No Ordinary Family and The Cape. And honestly, I, I can't <laughs> see how it wouldn't be. Because yeah, yeah, both those shows were pretty terrible. Um, Not setting the bar too high there. Yeah. Alphas looks like heroes, but government-affiliated. Mm-hmm. So it could be, end up being really cool. It's got superpowers, so I'm on board. Cool. I just don't know sci-fi. But hopefully they gave it a good enough budget, because if you do superheroes with no good budget then it kind of looks crap very very we'll true depending on which powers they pick <laughs> yeah this is true this is true i can turn invisible green screen <laughs> yeah. yay hey we have a whole team of people that can turn invisible nice job 
This guy can make his eyes glow, through, but that's it. He doesn't actually can shoot punch through. <laughs> you can punch through walls, and they're all made of styrofoam. Nice! Yeah. <laughs> he can actually touch things and make them turn into styrofoam, so he can punch through them. <laughs> Good powers. Uh, he continues on. What summer movies am I most looking forward to? Number one, Captain America. Easily the one I'm most interested in. Number two, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It'll probably suck, but it can't be worse than the Burton Wahlberg version. Honestly, I think I just want to see this because I was always a huge fan of the original movies, and I even watched all the reruns of the TV show. I can't say I'm looking forward to that. No, I actually saw the. Tra- did you see the trailer before X Men? I did. I saw it before X Men. It looks. We were actually my friends and I were laughing at it because it was so bad. Yeah. And uh, one of my friends who actually was into the, a friend of friend was into the old uh, stuff. And he's like, "How does this even work in the continuity of the old series? I'm like, this makes no sense." And I'm like, "It's a reboot, reboot I think." And it was just like it was ter- like no one seemed excited about it. It looks really really cheesy, and it's like, "Wow, look at all those apes overpowering those humans. This looks fantastic. I think it's gonna." do very not good. I don't think it's going like, to... Financially, it doesn't matter, but I just don't think it's going to be a very good movie. But you never know. Yeah, The Planet of the um, Apes that's not my thing either. series yeah. is just not that interesting to me. No, same here. I was never a big fan of... I haven't even seen the Burton one. I, I know of it, but I mean, I never even... You know, the farthest I know about <laughs> Planet of the Apes is like the parodies, like in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back and, you know, stuff like that. I don't even like... I, I haven't... So, I mean, I've seen one of the old ones, but it, they weren't my cup of tea. Yeah, so. I just think about Charles and Heston yelling out, damn dirty apes, and that's... Exactly. Like, that's something like the parody of it. You know, that's like, pretty much all I know about yeah. it. It's like, eh. So, but no, if that's cool, if if you're into that, that that's a cool thing. I'm glad someone's into it. Yeah. So you never know, maybe it will do good. Lastly, he says number three is a tie between X Men First Class and Apollo 18. Even though I think X Men is going to be the strongest movie out of all four of them, maybe it's just the lack of marketing. But I'm just not as excited about it as some of the other movies. Apollo 18, just because I'm a sucker for anything involving 1960s space flight. And X-Men has already come out, so we can say, yeah, that kind of paid off our excitement on that one. But we do have some others coming down the pipe. Captain America, you mentioned. Um, Green Lantern, you mentioned. Super 8, we mentioned. There's a ton of stuff coming out this summer. I'm pumped for all I just wanted to mention... Uh, briefly, not to interrupt, but uh, the X Men numbers are kind of disappointing. I don't know if you saw fifty-six them million estimated for the weekend. Yeah, which is the lowest out of all the X Men movies, and actually, um, it's not great, but it's not bad. But I don't think it means. I don't. I would just assume that means no sequel. It does not. Not a good. Not a blow away. Like, it came in number one, but right. you know they'll make their budget back. But it's not a, a not a great. And I think I, I was surprised because I thought you know I said that I was like oh you know the X Men name, and I, I think I was I was wrong. I, I freely admit it. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if so. it was due in part to how big X3 was a pile of shit. <laughs> like I, It could be. I, I think so. And I think a lot of people probably saw the trailers and were like, okay, I don't know any of these people in here. You know, where's Patrick Stewart? Where's um, um, Hugh Jackman, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, not seeing them in the trailers probably didn't bring a lot of people to the theaters. And, you know, it kind of sucks because, you know, again, it's a great movie. And I think it's got great word of mouth right now. That's pretty much its only hope now is if people – I mean, stranger things have happened, but we'll see if that helps it out any much in the second week. And I don't think it will because I think Super 8 going to, you know, knock it down. Yeah. But um, we'll, we'll see. But uh, it, it kind of sucks because, you know, when it, you get a really good movie and uh, it makes not a lot of money and you really enjoy it. And then, of course, you know, as much as I want to see Transformers, that will probably make a shitload of money and probably not even be close to a very good movie. And that's, you know, shit like that happens. So, yeah, it's the way the world. Well, yeah, I mean, sucks. I would love to see another Scott Pilgrim <laughs> movie, but. Oh, exactly. That's what, yeah, very good point. Like, yeah, one of those. Although that did really, that didn't even, I mean, X-Men blew that. Or this, this, that, But that, again, is a, a property no one knew about. And it was very 
weird cell. It's a it's a unique cell movie. So yeah. You know. By the way, I'm on book four of that series and still really digging it. Nice, nice. Yeah. You got over the hump. I think two or three was where I kind of was like, uh, am I gonna want to stick with this? And then I finally got the rest. But yeah, that that you're you're in the home you're in the home stretch now. Oh yeah. <laughs> Last awesome. email comes in from Superfan Chris Tong, and he says, "I'm most looking forward to X Men First Class, Captain America, and Super Eight. I wasted money on a ticket to see the new Pirates movie. Lame. It was just the same old crap that the other <laughs> movies brought, and I'd say it was about three hours too long." Sure, some cool effects, but that's about it. And I don't know, like, Chris Tong is the super fan, and yet he's not listening to what we're saying about the Pirates franchise at all. He still went out and saw it for some reason. Well, it's funny, though, but like, we were kind of proven right. Everyone I, I know that saw it said it was definitely the worst out of the four, and I've heard from a lot of people that it was just bad. And so I'm like, wow, shocker. You know, I, I actually, It's actually surprising how many people that thought it was pretty bad. I thought there was going to be those people with blinders on them. Like, that movie was fantastic, but no. A lot of people are saying it was definitely not good, and then it should with the box office. Not a lot of people went, it did good, but it was well, well below the other three. So yeah. in opening, which is not, it's not supposed to happen that way. Yeah. So it's, I don't there's know. no, I had no like thoughts that it could be good on any level, honestly. No, 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 no. And I mean, I'm sure half of you, I just wanted to see Johnny Depp do the funny accent and do his, his hilarious comedy bit of where he plays a pirate. Yeah. It's so yeah, played yeah. out. It really is. It's like, I could care less. I thought it's he was Disney above ride. that, honestly. Uh, not anymore, dude. Dude, Willy Wonka, come on, he's not above that. <laughs> well, that's he'll do anything Tim Burton says. No, exactly. He's Tim Burton's yeah. bitch. <laughs> Let's move on before we I go on a rant about that. <laughs> all righty. Um, those are all the emails, so let's jump right into news. Top story this week. You had to expect it. <laughs> In what some may say is a bold move, publishing giant DC Comics is revamping their collection of characters for a modern world and resetting all their titles to number one in an effort to bring in new readers. Starting this summer, the publisher will renumber its entire DC universe of titles, revamping famous characters such as Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and others from its 76-year history for a more modern and diverse 21st century. The first book to be released under this new era, Justice League Number 1, out August 31st, a series by writer Jeff Johns and artist Jim Lee that reunites the famous lineup of Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, The Flash, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. In September, more than 50 more first issues will debut, introducing readers to stories that are grounded in each character's specific legend, but also reflect today's real-world themes and events. Lee spearheaded the redesign of more than 50 costumes to make characters more identifiable and accessible to comic fans new and old. Quote, we looked at what was going on in the marketplace and felt we really want to inject new life in our characters and lines, says Dan DiDio, who co-publishes DC with Lee. This was a chance to start not at the beginning, but at a point where our characters are younger and the stories are being told for today's audience. Not only is DC attempting to make characters more accessible, but they're also planning to make the comics more accessible by making issues of all the renumbered titles available digitally the same day they arrive in comic shops. Now, we've had some breaking news coming out the last couple days about this yep. that have swayed my opinion a little bit. But if we jump back in time for a sec, what was your initial reaction to this? My first initial reaction was complete bullshit. Like, I, I went on, like, the epic fanboy rant um, on the Bendis board and on Facebook, if you people saw, and Twitter, where I, you know, they... And I still kind of feel this way. I'm slightly, you know, a little more... I calm down, but... 
they are doing something because, you know, Marvel's been number one since 2001, and they've gotten their ass kicked, you know, um, every freaking year pretty much in the market share. So this was their big, like, secret weapon to try to take out Marvel. But in the same hand, they're alienating everything, all the fans that, that have been with them reading throughout the years. I mean, I've been reading DC since 1991, since I was 10 years old. And, uh, you know, now they're sweeping it up pretty much. Yes, they're not. Re- it's a soft reboot. They're not destroying everything that came before, but they're fucking majorly with all their characters and universes and uh, they're just like okay here's another reboot of and you know how many times has Marvel rebooted the universe oh wait zero never um, it's just it seems like laziness and the ability to try to okay let's just make number one so we'll bring in the younger readers you know, I'm sorry younger readers aren't going to care if it's number one when I got into comics in 1991 Spider-Man was at issue 347 did I want to go back and read the under, under 100, 346 issues no it's just you know I don't know this whole it, it's it's either gonna I mean I'm sure it's gonna work when September happens and they come out with the 52 new number ones it's gonna they'll, they'll win that month and they'll they'll beat Marvel but the question is, where does this go long term? Are they going to be able to keep this going, or are they going to end up backing out and eventually reverting everything back? I don't know. It's going to be a risky plan, and if it works, if it doesn't work, they're pretty much screwed because they're pretty pretty much putting all their eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that that was my original thought. I was just rip shit, and I was like, there's no way. Um, this is going to work. I don't want to read this, et cetera. I, I, and a lot of people I know were just like, yeah, I'm done with DC, like, completely. And, like, you know, they fucked up with the movies enough in TV, and now this, it's like, well, whatever, you know. So that was my original uh, opinion. Yeah. A long-winded um, one, but... <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, my original take on this, I, it piqued my interest. I'm not mm-hmm. as uh, loyal, I guess, a comic fan as you are. So this wasn't, like, a huge blow to me. Like, I read the the trades... After a story arc is complete and everything, but I'm not a month-by-month subscriber to any title in general. So, for me, this actually did what I think they wanted to happen, and it piqued my interest to the point where, okay, if they're starting over and starting with a fresh slate, a clean slate, maybe I can jump into one of the Batman titles and follow that Mm -hmm. a little more and kind of get along with it. Um, things have changed a little more from what we initially expected (laughs) it to be. What my impression was, and I think yours was the same, is that they were basically going to start from square one. Like, Batman wouldn't even have a Robin yet. And Superman would just be starting off with his. Like, every character would start from the beginning beginning, and work forward. I actually think that's still, ultimately, a better idea. And this is the metaphor that I actually talked with some of my students in school about this because I do have some comic book fans there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I use the metaphor of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie that came out that you saw, correct? Yes. Okay. You'll understand the, uh, the sequence here. And there is a little bit of a spoiler here in regards to the Star Trek movie if you haven't seen it. I don't care well, because you should, should have seen it at this came, point. Yeah. yeah, it's 2009. It keeps... <laughs> yeah. So basically what happens in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie is that they wanted to create a sequel without negating everything that came before. And I think one of the big things with this whole DC reboot is that loyal comic book fans that have been following it for 25, 30 years are freaking out because all the things that they know, all the things that we hold true, like all the knowledge of these characters and events that have played out, that as geeks, you hold on to that stuff like they're freaking treasures. And saying all that stuff doesn't matter anymore is a punch in the gut. So what I think the goal was is to do something like the Star Trek universe, where they had a true sequel 
but they didn't negate everything that came before. So there was a bit of that time disruption where they went back in time a little bit. And it's the same characters, but things are just happening a little differently this time. And everything that happened happened. It's just that now they're making like the time jump and following along with still staying true to the characters, but creating new events and new things that play out with the characters you've always loved. And if DC did that, and I really think Flashpoint was the catalyst for all this and the idea to kind of go into this, Flashpoint happens, they dump out all those books in one month, and people are like, 20 tie-ins in one month, that's crazy. Yeah. So they're cleaning the slate that way, and that would allow them to start with a fresh universe and move forward. And if they had done it that way, and I think it would have been similar to the Star Trek movie, and people wouldn't feel as gypped, they can say, okay, Phew, everything that happened did happen. I don't have to like forget everything that happened. And I can take some solace in the fact that I haven't wasted my time all these years. But what they're doing now is swaying my opinion. I was fine when I thought it was going to be a fresh slate. I was kind of excited to see maybe a Batman title where they said, wow, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight is so popular. People want to see that journey of Bruce Wayne moving from where he decides to be Batman up through the point to actually becoming Batman. I would have loved to see one title that was just called like the journey of the dark Knight or whatever. And you basically go on that journey with him and they can do their other Batman story in another book, but to have one title that really was that journey would have been phenomenal. I think they could have really explored like chaining with uh, Zatanna's father and, um, going with the secret or the uh, Society of Shadows, like every little nook and cranny that we've heard about that he's done for all these years, but we never really saw fleshed out would have been so cool. And I think they really missed an opportunity by not doing that. But Batman aside, the things that they're doing and they're picking and choosing, like you and I were talking about it somewhat off the air and even the Green Lantern books they have going on. We thought it was going to be just how. Yeah, they, they're basically... It's weird, like, okay, Flashpoint's happening, and then they're relaunching, but it seems like some characters are being completely revamped, and no, they'll have no knowledge of anything ever happening, yet for some reason, Green Lantern Universe seems like it's somewhat staying as it is, and everything Blackest Night still happened, Brightest Days still happen. although, take another character like Firestorm, um, and Aquaman, uh, apparently Brightest Day didn't happen, like, it's all this weird, like, we're keeping some of this, but we're throwing some of it out, and we're keeping this, and it just makes, and Wonder Woman is being rebooted as a young, uh, it seems to be like a young woman that's completely rebooting Hawkman to the very beginning as a... By the way, the Wonder Woman number one cover, no good. No, I do not like the costume at all. Um, the new Hawkman now, all of a sudden, it's saying that, you know... Um, you know, they just brought him back in Brightest Day, and now he's back, you know, as an archaeologist. Uh, he's he's um, deciphering la- lost languages with an archaeologist next to, uh, who specializes in alien ruins, and they discover an alien plague, and then he has to become Hawkman for the first time. And I'm like, what? And, you know, Green Arrow, they gave him the Smallville outfit, the com- exact outfit from Smallville, with just now he has the goatee. Which I think is you know, cool. It, I like that. Yeah. But it's just like, so they're playing, like, weirdness. Like, there's some of the stuff happened, and some of this didn't, and some characters being chosen. Firestorm, personal favorite favorite of mine who just got revamped and brightest day has now completely been thrown out the window again and completely given a different another reboot so it's just like i don't get it it's like if they were going to do this they should have 
where are the endings coming? Are they going to have, like, they should have had an ending, like, the original Crisis in 1985 when they originally did this, the first reboot and rebooted everything, mm-hmm. they had an ending to all the titles, like the last Superman story, the last Batman story, you know, they went out so the people could, I mean, this is like, these these titles are just all ending with no with no explanation, and they're just rebooting, it's just like, wow, that's really cool, so basically, why should I even bother reading anything, because nothing really matters, so it's just like, that. that that's what kind of pisses me off. Yeah, but. like, one of the things we had talked about is that if they started off from scratch and they had a lot of characters that weren't being seen yet you knew somewhere down the line they were probably coming in like if they started off with just Hal as the only Green Lantern and as you move well not the only but the only Earthbound Green Lantern yes and then you move forward and you know that there's gonna be a Kyle Rayner you you know there's gonna be a Guy Gardner and a Jon Stewart those characters might not be around for like a year or two but when one of them kind of pops in, even if they're a, not a lantern yet, you're like, oh, my yeah. God, what? Oh, holy crap, it's Kyle. What? What's going to happen here? Like, is he going to become a lantern soon? Is What's going to happen differently? That's exciting. And it's kind of like uh, I equated it to wrestling where you see a character that you hadn't seen in yeah. years. And it's exciting. And I was looking forward to that. But they're not doing that. And they're keeping hal and kyle and guy and john and they're just splitting them up differently and i can't say that i like what they're doing there i don't like the fact that they're picking and choosing they're yeah well yeah sorry, can you uh, la- sorry. last point is that they're they're <laughs> the, this whole goal seemed like it was an attempt to simplify things and yeah, start not. from scratch and give people a jumping in point but it's just confusing things even more the way it looks like. Like, what's happening to certain people? The Batman and Robin book is Bruce and Damien, they just announced today, is Batman and Robin. And that's weird. Like, what happened to uh, Tim Drake? There's been no mention of him so far yeah. in any of the stuff we've seen. We, we've seen what's happened with Jason Todd and with uh, Dick Grayson. But what got him to that point? Are we just supposed to pretend that the universe was reshuffled again? That's what caused all this confusion to begin with. Like <laughs> the infinite, uh, the the different Earths and merging and yep. all that stuff. That's what caused the confusion. And they're doing it again instead of really simplifying it and taking the opportunity of what could be. I'm done. Sorry, yeah, I, <laughs> no, no, no. I, that's fine. I, I just, you know, that you pretty much made my point points uh like flash it's like okay i they finally bring barry allen back and now it looks like wally west he's got no mention and they had an interview with the writer of flash and he seems like he has no there's no inkling of mention of wally west does that mean wally west never existed now and like what happens it's like you said tim drake and you know dick grayson and batman this whole time and all of a sudden now he's just back to being nightwing with no explanation it's just it's just really weird stuff and you know the really one that pissed me off the most and um i'm sure you i don't know what your opinion is on is but barb Barbara Gordon has been a character since 1988 mm-hmm. who has grown and matured into a completely different character than she became. Of course, everyone remembers her as the you know original Batgirl from the 60s on the TV show and you know in the animated series. And in 1988, Alan Moore wrote that famous Joker story, The Killing Joke, where he paralyzed her and she became paralyzed in a wheelchair and she felt like she could do nothing and she obviously couldn't be Batgirl anymore and they took such a great risk but they made her into a better character as Oracle sort of like uh, if for people who don't know she sort of guides all the heroes in the DC universe especially the Bat characters with um, you know her computer tech and mm-hmm. stuff and 
It's just now I read they're bringing her back as Batgirl, and she never was paralyzed. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. You're throwing, you're flushing all that down the drain. So, But yet you're continuing other things like Green Lantern, but yet with Barbara Gordon. And I know for years uh, Dan DiDio had wanted Barbara Gordon to be Batgirl again because everyone remembers Batgirl as Barbara Gordon. Right. Okay, whatever. It's just, it, that's what really set me off when I read, that was the, the thing that, like, made me angry because that just is a slap in the face and you know what does that say to people who I mean I, I'm going to take this to a place I shouldn't probably but what does it say about people I mean I know people um, people in that similar situation probably looked up to her as a hero where you know her life didn't end she you know she got to be more but now she's Batgirl again and you know it's just I, I just don't get it. Well, yeah, there's but, um, that controversy of her being like the handicap hero and yeah. that's causing a big deal. I do like the fact that I mean I always liked Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. She always was Batgirl to me, and I never followed the mm-hmm. recent stories enough to see anyone else in the suit really as Batgirl. So that's fine. The only thing that's weird is if you're making Barbara Batgirl again, how old is she compared to Dick now? And like, are their ages wildly different? Where they yeah, would have never the had the possibility of a relationship, and now is she close yeah. in age to Damien? Like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, the rumor is she's going to be in high school or college or early college, and so it's like, so wait, so that means the so it's like it's there's so many f- fucked up continuity in this now that it's just, it's gonna it's like so yeah, all these new readers are gonna be like probably it's gonna go over their heads, but the people who stick with them are gonna be so fucking confused. It's going to be annoying. And I'm just like, I don't know. But uh, to, to clue, I don't want this to run too long because I do have an episode of Graphically Speaking yeah, coming yeah, out absolutely. this week that I go really in-depth with uh, a co-host about you know, every, cover, every single um, in-depth. But I just kind of want to run down quickly, if we can, the announced titles so far out of the 52 and um, their creative teams. Not going to say anything about the contents. We'll get into that on Graphically Speaking, but just a quick rundown. Um, so far announced, like Rob just said, um, Justice League number one by Jeff Johns and Jim Lee. Wonder Woman number one by Brian Azarello and Cliff Chang. Um, Aquaman number one by Jeff Johns and Ivan Rise. Flash number one by writing and drawn, drawn by Francis Manipul. Um, the Fury of Firestorm by Ethan Vinskyver and Gail Simone with art by Yildere Sinar. Um, the Savage Hawkman, number one, by written, uh, written by Tony Daniel and drawn by Philip Tan. Green Arrow with the same writer as before, uh, J.T. Krull, and now joined by Dan Jurgens. Justice League International by Dan Jurgens and Aaron Lepresti. Mr. Terrific, number one, by Eric Wallace and Roger Robinson. Captain Adam, number one, by J.T. Krull and Freddie Williams II. Um, and then finally, they have the DC Comics Anthology Presents, which is going to be uh, DC Universe Presents, which is going to be an anthology title with a rotating mm-hmm. characters and creative team by Paul Jenkins for the first arc with and Bernard Chang, who are doing a Dead Man story. And uh, the Green Lantern books are pretty much staying the same. They're shuffling. The, they're switching some of the teams around, and they're adding something called Red Lanterns Number 1 by Peter Milligan and Ed, Ed Bennis. And, uh, yeah, the Batman stuff you posted, but, yeah, it, it's... It's um it's interesting. I don't know. It's still sort of I I was kind of calmed down about it, but then every time I read something like the Batman ones, or I just get more riled up, riled up again. So yeah, I was so happy to see some of the Batman news though. Like Batman Inc. would be gone because there was no mention yes. of it, and then all of a sudden they say it's coming back in 2012. Dude, yes. I hate Batman Incorporated. And just to to uh, this may be uh pretty much a uh a, 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 um. 
I'm losing my train of thought. This pretty much is a gimme that they're going to do this. That um, they announced how, when they announced that Batman Incorporated is going to be delayed till 2012. Grant Morrison said that he has some a huge major project that he's working on that is taking its place. So that makes me think that uh, the rumors are true, and he's going to be the new uh, writer of Superman because they love everyone. I loved All Star Superman, so I'm thinking they're putting him on the real book. And which that means, as I got into a little bit on graphically speaking, is Lois and Clark will no longer be married, and they will know she will no longer know his identity because he's wanted to do that since the early 2000s and he was originally hired to do that in the early 2000s but they at the last minute decided not to do it so we're looking at a completely new Superman I think uh, a reboot basically of now everything's different so I don't know we'll see the love triangle will be back and you know, you, I, you, people have their own opinions on that, but yeah, it's it's interesting. So it's going to be interesting. Um, to, late 2011 to, and 2012. Like once we get to 2012, the end. I think that's when we're really going to see if DC has the uh, you know the the balls to keep this going, or if they're going to you know. I'm sure they have a backup plan to almost make this. They can easily just be like, oh yeah, we're going to you know bring everything back to its original numbering and fix it or whatever if it goes bad. But who knows? That's we'll why see. they're keeping um, Wally West out of the forefront. Is that he's going to be the impetus to. <laughs> set everything back to the way it was before the reboot <laughs> but um if i had one final thought and now i don't remember what it was so don't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> i lost my phone all right well then we'll move on because holy crap yeah. we just spent probably like 15 yeah, minutes on that <laughs> oh no i went on on a massive rant too <sighs> deep breath <laughs> okay the PlayStation Network has slowly been returning, yes. and this past Friday, the remaining features were restored, including the PlayStation Store. With the return of the PlayStation Store, the Welcome Back program that was previously detailed is now in effect. PSN users should check the PlayStation blog or their inboxes for an email with instructions on how to take advantage of this program. So if you do have a registered email for the PlayStation Network, you should have received details on how to redeem and get your free games along with a bunch of other stuff. If you're not sure what all that stuff is, you can always listen to last week's episode where we detailed a lot of what the benefits will be. I really haven't taken advantage yet. I plan on it, and there have been some complications with people just yeah. overcrowding the system because everyone wants those free games before the 30 days ends. So uh, maybe you want to take a day or two before you try yeah, to redeem anything. I tried anything. it um, two days ago, and it was a bitch. <laughs> it's, it's like kept getting error messages, and it kept booting me out of the store, and eventually I got through. But yeah, it's 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 uh, they're having like you said, everyone's trying to. It's it's they're getting a massive. Uh, amount of people doing trying to download the same thing at once so yeah obviously yeah so next story here wwe 12 will be the next wwe video game and this is a massive franchise change here wwe yep. 12 is far from just a name change and this is all from uh what i'm reading here is from the perspective of Corey ledesma who is the creative director on the game i say things like our and we i'm just saying what Corey said so i'm not working on the game just to assure everybody <laughs> Our goal has been to create a brand new experience with a new high-quality animation system, a new renderer, and a new strategic gameplay experience that will look, feel, and play substantially better than its predecessors. We aren't changing the game entirely or completely ripping everything out to start over. That wasn't the goal. What we are doing is taking the basic essence of what is good in the past games and making a new experience that feels fresh, fun, responsive, faster, smoother, and is of higher quality. If you've played the SmackDown vs. Raw games in the past, I have zero doubt that you will notice the difference as soon as you pick up this year's game. 
We are adding new gameplay systems, completely overhauling graphic gameplay systems, and improving current gameplay systems. The new animation system is giving us new capabilities as well. One quick example is that if you now have the ability to interrupt animations. For example, if John Cena is doing a five-knuckle shuffle in the game, you can knock him right on his butt in the middle of the move, something you've never been able to do in our game because the animation had to completely play out. And that goes for every single move in the game. What do you think about this whole change and some of the new things that you're seeing? Um, I think it's good. I mean, I had no problem with the way things were, but I definitely think, you know, they explained that they wanted to do this because, you know, the brand split no one really cares about anymore. And it, there's no, you know, Raw versus SmackDown is so played out. I mean, they started that in, I think, 2001 or, or I think was around the time. It's been going a long, or no, probably 2004, 2005, whenever they did the first draft. But uh, it's been going on a long time, and I don't think, I think, you know, this way, it's really branding it as, uh, uh, you know, like the other sports games where you got like NHL 12 or, or you know, MLB 12. You know, they, they, it's it's making it look more important. And I think Definitely. the steps they're taking towards revamping the engine and stuff is good because there's a lot. I mean, they, anything they're tweaking sounds really good to me, like making it more um, responsive and realistic. I, I, I um, definitely cool with that. And I like that they're keeping. They're not completely overhauling, and they're keeping most of the same features that people enjoy as well. So I think it's a win-win either way. So yeah, and I like a lot of the changes that I'm hearing so far. The mm-hmm. the fact that the animations can be interrupted. Uh, yes. One of the big complaints about the game engine for years and years and years is that limbs and the head and all these things would pass between through, the other and yeah. through the other person. They're now creating certain lock points on the character models so that a hand will lock to this part when they do this move or a foot will lock here and you won't see limbs pass through anymore. So that's supposed to be out the window, which is a huge thing in and of itself. Yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be a major, major game changer in the, no pun intended. But, uh, <laughs> well, but, that's where um, the yeah, term I, came from, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's just, I, I think it's a, I don't think anyone expected this. It was funny because I remember people, the day before people were like, what's this big news? Like no, all the wrestling sites were like, what's this big news about the, a lot of people thought that they were either getting a new video game developer or a new company or, or canceling the game or, you know, no one knew. And I, I think this is just like a really good decision on what happened, on what they're doing. And I think it's going to actually, because the sales were lagging a little bit this year on uh, SmackDown versus Raw 2011. So I think I think this is going to be a, a shot in the arm for the franchise, and I think it's probably a really good idea. So yeah. I think it's I think it's going to be a success. Totally agree. The only other point I want to make about it real quick is I didn't mention in the article. Uh, one of the things I've hated about the latest iterations is having the grapple button with the right analog stick. Yes, hated that. It's being remapped to the to the buttons, the face very, controller very face nice. buttons. Yeah, so you don't have to use that stupid grapple with the stick thing anymore. So which they happy. did like I think two or three years ago. Yeah, which annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah. yeah, I got I got used to it, but yeah, it did not did not. Did not it was like. never <laughs> intuitive ever. No, 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 not at all. Next story here: a new trailer has debuted for Batman: Arkham City, which reveals that Catwoman will be a playable character in the anticipated game. Catwoman will have her own combat system, set of gadgets, and unique way of navigating the game world. Batman Arkham City will be hitting PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and PC on October 18th. Uh, I was surprised about this. I didn't expect it. I knew Catwoman was going to be a major character and uh, a big a big part of the game, but I do not think she'd be a playable character. And that, That's really cool and sounds... Anything, everything about this game just sounds awesome. So like, that doesn't matter what they could be like. I don't know. They could announce the thing retarded, and I would still be. Like, <laughs> just, I, mean, like, I would still be excited. I don't know. Yeah, it's really cool. But, uh, my only beef is that, like I said, with uh, what was it Gotham City Imposters? 
Uh, it's kind of cool to use Catwoman, but give her her own game. I just want to be Batman. <laughs> I disagree with you on that. I think it's going it, to it makes it a little, um, you know, gives you a break from Batman. I understand you you want to be Batman, wait, but I think wait, it's cool that you a can break from Batman. <laughs> does not compute. Does not compute. Logic overload. Don't, 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 don't. But yeah, okay. For anyone who's not wrong, not <laughs> but yeah, I, I no, I it's cool. I'll concede. It's yeah. it's cool. <laughs> would you have rather been Robin now or Nightwing? I would have rather been Nightwing. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, no, that was, that was a fair question. That'd be sick. <laughs> That'd be a fair answer. That'd be wicked sick. I love Nightwing. All right, uh, Infamous Two imports Infamous trophy data. When you boot up Infamous Two, you'll see an option that says Import Trophy Data. By selecting it, the game will read your online trophies and give you access to the following perks if you meet the criteria. So if you have these trophies from Infamous 1, you have the option of getting some benefits in Infamous 2, which is very cool. And again, this is optional. Even if you do have Infamous 1, you don't have to do this, but you have the Mm -hmm. option. Uh, If you finish the game on any difficulty, you start off with 1,000 experience points right away. If you've obtained a good or evil trophy... You can start with level one, good or bad karma. And I'm wondering for those who actually played through all the way good and all the way bad, how that's going to work. If maybe you'll just be back at neutral again. I don't know. True. Interesting. Yeah. If you find or have found at least 25% of the blast shards, you'll get one energy core, which is the equivalent of uh, one health bar segment. If you found 50% of the blast shards, you'll get two energy cores. And the coolest part about all of it, I think is that certain unspecified decisions also result in changes to side missions, dead drops, and dialogue. So if you've completed certain events in Infamous, those events will be referenced in Infamous 2 if Infamous 2 has read that you played through those events. So let's say uh, the first morality decision you made in Infamous 2 was the food drop. Are you going to keep the food for yourself and start zapping people? Or are you going to... Uh, start spreading it out and letting everyone have some food. I read an article that said if you had chosen to hoard the food for yourself and kind of zap people, you might meet a family or like relatives of one of the families that you let starve in Empire City that are not going to be happy with you. <laughs> so that's a that's awesome that they're like making that much tie in between the two games. Mm-hmm. That that is very cool, and um, we both suck for not having either of us saying this in our geek outs that this game comes out tomorrow. It does come out tomorrow, <laughs> and th- here's the thing: here's the main reason that I didn't add it to my geek outs. I am exploding to friggin' play this game, but the problem <laughs> is Tuesdays are super busy for me. Plus, yeah. uh, Green Lantern Emerald Knights comes out, which I'm gonna be getting. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty much gonna be going from work to get Green Lantern Emerald Knights, uh, coming home. Opening up Infamous, checking out all the cool swag I got with the Hero Edition, and yep. then I have gymnastics at night. So, oh. so I won't have. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna have a lot of time to play, and I might even put it off for a little bit longer because I'm trying yeah. to finish Infamous. I never played through as a villain. I'm sure most oh, people okay. go in right away and like ah, zap this and zap that and blah 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 blah. <laughs> but I, I, it's kind of a, it's hard for me to be evil. <laughs> no, I, I was exactly the same way. I, I played, I did, the, I never played as a villain ever. I did the hero. I, I was the same way. I was kind of like, you know what? I don't really feel like doing that villain stuff, so I just didn't. And you know, I kind of, I guess I think it might just be our like reading of comic book and stuff. I don't know. I was just kind of like, ah, I'm gonna, you know, and I, I, I don't know. I did, I did play as a hero as well. So yeah, I'm not- <laughs> fighting against my nature to try and do the villain stuff. But you know what? I don't think I can wait that much longer. I'm sure I could always. <laughs> reimport stuff later on so yeah whatever 
Next story here. MGM has announced that the 23rd James Bond film will commence production in late 2011 for a worldwide release on November 9th, 2012. Daniel Craig will be returning as the legendary British secret agent, with Sam Mendes directing a screenplay written by Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, and John Logan. So... In the wake of what a year or so ago was talk of MGM going bankrupt and closing down the James Bond franchise entirely, we now have a confirmed release date for the next James Bond movie. Yeah, that went from like <laughs> completely did a 180 where people are like, it's never going to come out. There's never going to be another James Bond movie. Now they're like, we've got a confirmed date. And like, so uh, yeah, things like, you know, money talks and, you know, it's a huge franchise. They're not going to let it just go down and not, you know. Yeah, how many I, movies yeah, get to pretty, 23? Certain, none else that I can think of, you know. I, don't, I think it's got to be the lo- longest running franchise. I mean, dude, the first one came out in 1962, yep. so. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I didn't like Quantum of Souls as much as Casino Royale, but still very awesome. So um, it, it, it's, I'm sure it will be great, and I'm glad to see Daniel Craig back. So that was another thing where they were like, maybe there's going to be another James Bond. And I'm like, already? They did, he only did two movies. So. Well, there was always Roger Daltrey. Uh, no, Roger yeah, so, uh, Daltrey. Dalton. Dalton. No, Roger Dalton. Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Timothy yeah, Dalton. Close enough. Well, Roger <laughs> Daltrey, what is that, The Who or something? Yes, it is. That's why I was like, Wait where did that like, come th- from? I don't know. Well, Cl- Timothy Dalton. It's it's kind of. I don't even the like the Who. <laughs> Although I loved them in Highlander the series, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, I was aware. <laughs> Just laughing at good that. Good lord! That Holy brain fart! <laughs> no, that was a good one. That was I weird it. It connections kind of, going on. Weird. I'm glad you uh, picked up the pieces, though. Thank you. That's all right. No worries. Last story for today. Walt Disney Pictures has announced that The Lion King will return to theaters in 3D on September 16th before hitting Blu-ray and Blu-ray 3D on October 4th. And that's this Very year. Very cool. I don't care to see it in 3D. And no, we, I don't, we've I don't either. made our hatred of yeah, uh, rotoscoping 3D <laughs> very prominent <laughs> on the show. I really would love to see The Lion King in theaters, but I have a feeling I'm going to have to see it in 3D to see it in theaters. My biggest geek out with this announcement is that I'll be able to have The Lion King on Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, also, I think they they announced they're putting Fox and Hound, Dumbo, and something else on Blu-ray all like month after month to coincide with Lion King's in there as well. Like they're doing, releasing a lot of uh, a lot of the classics on Blu-ray this fall. So cool. big, big, big fall. Uh, Dropout from DC up uh, DC Disney. Aha, <laughs> you do it too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but at least that was so. Now we were talking about DC. We weren't talking about the Who before. Now, Joe. No, you're right. That was total. I don't know where the hell the Who came from. <laughs> He's in your mind somewhere <laughs> deep in <laughs> deep inside the right recesses of your mind. There can be only one. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's the end of our news block. But before we let you go, I do have a poll question for this week. We talked about extensively our feelings about the DC reboot. So I want to ask the audience, is DC making the right move by resetting to number one? Send your answer to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com or at geekgeneration on Twitter. I'm hoping for some really good responses on this one. I know some people who I'm thinking about giving a call and recording their responses because I want to give G1 another opportunity to really express his opinion on this. Um, If you do, actually, you know what? Maybe I'll try this this week. I didn't even have this planned, but maybe I will give this a shot. If you have Skype, Send me an email, podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. If I can schedule a time with you, I'll call you up personally because no one else is going to do it. I'll call you up. (laughs) It's not like we have a huge team over here. I'll call you up. I will get your response to the DC rebooting. We'll keep it within like a five-minute range or something. I don't want to go crazy with it. And we'll play those actual 
uh, recorded responses on the next show. So let, let's give that a shot awesome. and see if this interests people a little more than just writing in an email. Yeah, and people who know me, I, I offer the same uh, deal. If you want to do that too, I, I'm I'm open to that as well. So yeah, and you, uh, if you want to get in touch with Brian, uh, B R Y A N at thegeekgeneration.com. So let Brian or myself know, and we will try and schedule a time with you and get some opinions because I'd really love to hear some of that. I think it'd be good yeah, for the I show think, too to have that. Yeah, it's definitely a huge controversial decision. So there's definitely opinions out yeah. there. It's like breaking the internet in half right now, comic wise. So. Absolutely. Well, then, before we wrap up today's show, Brian, do you have a final thought or something you'd like to plug? Uh, my final thought is I just want to um, say uh, I, I feel kind of guilty for uh, doing the show because I know a lot of people put some hard work into it yesterday. So I, I feel like I'm stepping on people's toes. I, again, uh, I'm just here. To, I'm just here to fill in. But you're not I, stepping I, on I, toes. I, you're making up for my extreme. No, but I, you know what I mean. Mess up. I know I, what you mean, but I think people will be appreciative that there's even a show out this week. No, I know, but I just want to, you know, give thanks to the people who did come out yesterday and, and uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I can't uh, wait to have people back in the studio and do that again yeah. because it really was a ton of fun. Um, and other than that, I do have uh, an episode of Graphically Speaking probably going to be out late late this week because um, I'm going to wait for more of the DC news to drop, which I think is going to happen. Um, and we're, it's a, a long, in-depth discussion about uh, the DC reboot. Um, more of a you know hardcore comic fan. You know, we're going to talk a lot about not more than the general stuff. Sure. So if you're a, a big comic fan, uh, give it a, give it a listen when it comes out. That's that's pretty much it. Awesome. All right. Well, then, as usual, I ask everybody to share the show on Facebook and Twitter. We need to get the word out. Let's do this. Everybody, I'm sure, has some geeky friends. Find your one geekiest friend and force them to download the show. Even if everyone does that, we could double our listenership right there. If you need to yeah. hold them at gunpoint or kidnap them and take them on an hour-long car that. drive, That's yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever method you need to use to get them to give the show a shot, do it. Uh, and we'll just disavow any knowledge of anything so you didn't hear this. this yeah even though it's sitting in podcast form on the internet yeah. and nobody pays attention to the internet or at least this show <laughs> um if you want to see any of the things in the news that we talked about or see all those clips for the web finds that we talked about you can go to the site at thegeekgeneration.com on the sidebar there there's a button to subscribe in itunes also please rate the show and write a review while you are there there's a donation button on the side that only G1 uses, apparently. If you have any questions, comments, insults, or topics you would like us to discuss, you can send those to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com or at geekgeneration on Twitter. If you'd like to submit an article to the site or an audio file to this show, you can send those to guest at thegeekgeneration.com. So if you do have your own audio recording equipment and you want to record your response to the poll question and send it in that way, you can do that too. And I'll take that at guest at thegeekgeneration.com or podcast at thegeekgeneration.com, however you want. Lastly, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at the Night Angel. Brian's at Xander Harris. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Wrapping up a very uh, emotionally filled episode 39. Lots of big stuff happening out there. Good show this week, Brian. Thank you, sir. It's a take two, and again, I apologize to those people, Anna and G1. I'm so sorry. So sorry. And, I love you. Yeah. I've never met either of you, but I love you. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Later. Peace.